Welcome to the Microgreens Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Marsh, and I'm on a mission to help you, teach you, and motivate you to grow flavorful and nutritious microgreens in your home. Each Microgreens Podcast is meant to supplement content published on homemicrogreens.com, but in reality, the show is more about sharing with you the joys of growing your own food. Not only is it more nutritious, but seeing those plants grow will lift your spirits, bring a smile to your face, and give you a positive outlook on life. Let's get started. Welcome to the Microgreens Podcast, episode number 14. Today we're going to talk about preventing and killing mold on our microgreens. Mold-related issues on microgreens are my second most common email after can you reuse soil. The best way not to have mold on your microgreens is to prevent it in the first place. So it all comes down to sanitation. This includes sanitizing your trays, sanitizing any of the lids that you use during the blackout period. It also involves taking care of your soil. And really the leading cause of mold in microgreens is actually the sources, the seeds. There's a lot of mold spores that come in on the seeds, especially those seeds that are larger and have rough husk like sunflower seeds, cilantro seeds, borage seeds, peas, anything that's larger that has more surface area to collect more mold spores and has a rough surface where they don't fall off um, is a, you know, that's a, those seeds are really susceptible to mold. Now, small seeds like broccoli and cauliflower and kohlrabi, a lot of the mustards, really there isn't too much of a mold problem with the seeds. You can have issues if you clump the seeds onto the tray, but we'll talk more about that later. But first, let's get on to sanitation, sanitation of our trays. So after you get done growing microgreens, you should really rinse out your trays. And if they're small enough, put them right in the dishwasher. Running them in a dishwasher will kill anything that's that remains on them, cleans them up really well. And that's what I do with most of my uh, home microgreens trays is I just rinse them out and put them right into the dishwasher. Now, if you have larger trays, what I generally do is rinse them and then use a sponge and wipe all the dirt off, wipe them off clean. And then when I finish rinsing them, then I spray them with a, with a uh, bleach solution. I generally put about a cap full in a 16-ounce spray bottle. I just spray them down, set them on the counter, and let them air dry. That's how I sanitize my trays. It's a step that's really easy to, to skip over because, you know, who wants to do more dishes, basically? But it's really an important step to, you know, get any of the old residue, any mold spores that happens to be on those trays off. Next, let's talk about soil. Soil is also another source of mold. Usually if you get mold from your soil, it's the really bad kind of mold that pretty much covers all your seeds and you have to pretty much end up trashing them. But there are ways to get around that. One, make sure that the soil you buy is from a reputable dealer and hasn't been around too long. Like generally the worst is at the bottom of the pallet. That's generally for some reason has more moisture in it, doesn't really air out and can have more spore issues on it. Uh, any garden centers that um, store their soil either in near living plants where it's humid and moist. Because remember, those bags, those plastic bags do have holes in them to help. Um, well, there's lots of reasons they have holes in them. One is to let moisture out. Another reason is so that if someone drops the bag or throws something heavy on the bag, the air inside doesn't explode or push the bag open. So that's why they have holes in the bags. But another thing, and Home Depot does this a lot, is they actually have a source of soil outside, especially during the winter, and it's basically frozen. 
those any of that soil that's been out in the temperature and it's gone through some heating and cold heating and cooling cycles is more apt to have mold in it because the soil will condense moisture out of it as it gets you know when it warms up and when it cools off so you know try to find a good reputable dealer you know not some place that that you know mistreats their soil or has old soil laying around you also have a little bit of responsibility when you buy that soil is not to store it in that plastic bag again those plastic bags have you know they will heat up if it if it warms up cools off the moisture in that soil will condense in the bag and then it'll concentrate on the outside surface, and that's where mold spores will grow. I like to take those plastic bags, cut them open, and put that soil into a tote. Just find an appropriate size tote. Just so you know, a two-cubic-foot bag of soil will fit into a 17-gallon tote. I do like those um, HDX ones from Home Depot that are black and have the yellow tops or black and have the red tops from, there's an, it's another company, Husky maybe. Um even an eight-quart bag, I would find a shoebox, those plastic shoeboxes, anything that it will fit into that has a little bit of headspace. So you want that water to be, you want water. You want some air circulation around the top of that soil to help dry it out so it doesn't stay moist. But, you know, the biggest thing you can do is just take that soil right out of those bags, put it in those can- containers, those totes. it also help with fungus gnats. You know, if you have fungus gnats around in the house or fruit flies, um, Keeping it into a sealed container is definitely a better idea. Plus, those totes will stack, and the soil won't fall out of them if it tips over. The cat gets into it, the dog, or the kids. So it's you know a really good idea to take your soils as soon as you get them, and put them into a tote, stack them up into a closet. You know, let that let that soil dry out a little bit before you use it. In fact, a lot of times, um, if I think the soil's still got quite a bit of moisture in it, I'll leave the top right off and let that you know the top dry out, and then mix it up a little bit just to get some of the moisture out of that soil. All right, back to the seeds. As I said, the seeds are generally the leading cause of mold. And I do not sanitize my seeds unless I come on a lot and have a problem with it. I have a continuous problem with a lot of seeds, a lot, in other words, you know, a bag of seeds. Then I will sanitize those seeds if I continue to have mold problems with them. And again, the most common problems come with sunflowers, peas, cilantro and borage matter of fact i'm going to be doing an article pretty soon on some mold issues i had with borage and how i took care of it once it started to grow on the tray but those rough husk shells um, will really hold the mold spores the nice thing about those is generally they're larger seeds so that if you do have to treat them and we treat them generally i treat them anyways with food grade hydrogen peroxide i uh, dilute it a little bit i believe it's a couple tablespoons to a, a 16 Maybe it's just a tablespoon to a 16-ounce bottle. And then uh, soak the seeds in that solution for, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes. Pull them out, let them dry a little bit, and soak them again. The hydrogen peroxide will turn into oxygen and water so that nothing doesn't leave anything laying around. Unless you use the drugstore hydrogen peroxide, and that does have a stabilizer in it that gives it increased uh, shelf life. Now, I have used it before because I think, you know, it's all down to dosage. You know, as long as you don't use it continuously, it's not going to hurt you too much. But I still recommend, and I do have food-grade hydrogen peroxide to soak seeds in if I run into problems. Lately, I haven't had any problems except some borage seeds. But you just soak the seeds in that uh, hydrogen peroxide solution, let them air dry a little bit, and then you can spread them on the soil surface. Like I said, they're generally the, the bigger seeds, so it's not too much of a problem to spread the wet seeds. 
However, if you do have to um, sanitize smaller seeds, then you're really going to have a hard time spreading them on the soil um, because they have a tendency to stick together. And again, that's another problem that we'll talk to that we'll talk about in a little bit. So treat your seeds. Treat your seeds that you know will probably grow fungus. In other words, they have grown fungus before with hydrogen peroxide solution. Okay, so we've taken care of our trays. Those are sanitized. We conditioned our soil when we bought it. It hasn't been sitting in a bag all wet and moist. And if we have problems with our seeds, we sanitize them. So what, what's next? What else can be an issue? Well, it can be the soil itself. So maybe I should have put this one before buying the soil. But you want to buy, buy a soil that has good drainage. And by good drainage, usually has different components in it. For example, it won't be pure peat moss. It won't be pure coconut core. It'll have those components, but it'll also have perlite, age forest products, Anything with a little bit of different size, different hardness, and different porosity so that when water hits it, it will actually drain through it better. And, of course, you want to make sure that you use a tray that has holes in the bottoms. All planting trays should have holes in the bottoms. I guess I shouldn't have to say that, but I want to make sure that you know that, you know, you need to have drainage in those trays. So, you know, start with a good soil. Again, the soil has a mixture of aged forest products, um, volcanic rocks, perlite. Anything like that will really help, you know, stop that mold problem. It will stop that water from sitting on the surface. And again, this is why I like coconut core over peat moss because coconut core has those longer fibers and they really will wick or draw, or draw moisture away from the top of the surface, unlike peat moss where the water just sits there. So good drainage or good soil that has drainage is very important. So now that we have clean seed, clean trays, and a good soil, we want to make sure we don't over-wet that soil before we seed it. This is why I recommend only misting or wetting the upper third surface of that soil. We don't need that whole soil profile wet. Just wet the upper part of the soil before we put seeds on it. The seeds will have enough moisture in that upper third to germinate and start growing, and then we can worry about giving those plants water once they have germinated. So again, don't overwet your seed. And that's exactly the problem I had with this borage is when I, I was doing it for a commercial sale. So I had a 10 by 10 tray and I basically drenched the tray too much and there was all kinds of water. So the moisture would just keep coming up through it during the blackout period, hit the uh, blackout cover that I had onto it. And then that soil surface was just saturated and that's where the mold formed. So, you know, Try to make sure you don't overwet the soil, not only when you plant the seeds, but also as you water them and as they continue to grow. Your choice of tray can also matter. Generally, if you get mold, it's often in on larger trays, like the 1020 trays or even the 1010 trays. It's because they're, the middle of the tray is so far away from any airflow during the blackout period that it'll have a tendency to mold. You very rarely have too many mold problems in the uh, whole microgreens tray because they generally breathe a little bit better than the larger 1020s or 1010 trays. So instead of maybe growing a 1020 tray of sunflower seeds, grow a couple 10 by 10s or even, you know, three smaller trays, you'll get a little bit better air circulation and you'll have less mold issues. Okay, now we're down to seeding. And I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, I've, I've pushed this on seeding density all the time is you don't want to over overplant or overseed your tray. That's the worst thing you can do. One, the microgreens just won't grow as well if they grow at all. And two, it just leads to mold issues. For some reason, if you clump the seeds together, 
that's where the mold forms. I don't know if it's the fact that the seeds hold moisture against each other. They don't completely dry out on the surface and it allows uh, mold spores to grow. I'm not sure what the reason, but generally where you see mold, it's where you have a bunch of seeds clumped together. And that goes not only with just planting them in clumps, but also if you don't smooth out the surface of the soil pretty good, it forms depressions and you have seeds like broccoli and kohlrabi and kale that are really small and round, or really any seeds. They just find those depressions, settle into them, and then you have a bunch of seeds just touching each other. And that's generally where you have mold issues. So make sure that you spread out those seeds as evenly as you can without driving yourself nuts and getting them completely all apart. But just don't clump the seeds up and you'll have better luck with not having any mold. Now that we have the seeds planted, we want to make sure we give them a little bit of room and space. Even during the blackout period, you know, don't stack up four or five trays of microgreens. I've always found that that ends up being problems. Uh, only stack them two at the most three high or maybe, you know, two full trays and a half tray high. If you're using the microgreen trays, you really can't get them much over three anyways, but I would stick to two. The whole microgreen trays do have a little lip around the outside, so it does help with we'll get a little bit of airflow in there. And generally, the only problems I had during a blackout period with um, bad mold is when it gets really warm. I don't really have a great place to ventilate, so it will get over 80, 85, and that's when I have problems. That middle just heats up, and the more heat and the more moisture just causes mold problems. Um, also, I've noticed that during this COVID problem, this COVID situation, that the soil companies have really... I mean, they've gone through their stockpiles. They've used a ton of soil. So they're producing the soil as fast as they can. And unfortunately, that soil isn't completely composted. Almost all the soils you buy, whether any of the peat moss or cocoa core-based products, have been composted at some point, right? So you're mixing ingredients, you're mixing aged forest products, you're mixing cocoa core, you're mixing peat moss. Whatever you're mixing together... Um, is going to start working when it's put together. So it's going to start composting again. So normally they leave it in a pile, keep turning it over, let it cool off before they bag it. But of course, there's been such um, a glut for soil lately. You know, all the people growing plants and transplants and growing inside that soil is becoming harder to get. And the soil companies have run through their stocks, so they're producing more. And that soil has a tendency to be a little warm. I've gone into my uh, hydroponic supplier to get my base soil and felt some pallets. And you put your hand on the inside of that pallet and it's warm. That soil is is working. You put it into a pile and it's still, you know, composting and working. So this is another reason to get it out of that bag and into a tote and separate it. But the same thing can happen in your tray. Even if it's a 10-20 tray and you have it in a blackout period, that middle of that tray isn't getting any cold air around the outside of it, and it can start working. And just that little bit of heat, three or four extra degrees, maybe even a little bit more, along with the moisture, will allow that mold to start growing. So, again, only stack your trays too high at the most. Give a little bit of room between stacks of trays if you have multiple trays going. If you have one tray going, you're probably going to be all set, especially if it's a small tray. Just be aware that it can be a problem if you put too much soil in close contact with each other, stack them too high, or you have um, soil that's that's too warm and it's still composting. Improving airflow around the trays, even during the blackout period, is a good idea, especially in the summer months. So by putting 
oh, a USB computer fan on your rack or having a fan in the room somewhere blowing on across the trays. A little bit of air movement around those will help cool those trays off and will help prevent mold from growing. So airflow is important, not only as the plant's growing, but during the blackout period too. I do have USB fans on my computer or on my computer racks. I do have USB computer fans on my growing racks. I don't use them all the time, only generally when I do have a mold issue or there may be a mold issue or I overwater or it's really warm out, then I do turn that fan on. And they, they don't put out a whole lot of air. They're not, you know, you're not going to be seeing those microgreens swaying back and forth. You're just going to see them moving a little bit. They don't move much air, but remember, they're moving that air all the time. And just that little bit of air movement is is really good. If you have too much air movement, you're going to end up drying out the surface of your microgreen soil anyways, and then you will have problems. One microgreen that I do run fans on more often than not are radishes. Radishes, for some reason, really transpire a lot of water. They always seem wet in the middle. I even, even when I thin the seeding density down, they still produce quite a bit of moisture. So I'm always having a fan running on those um, before I harvest them just to keep dry them out a little bit. So USB computer fans are a really good option to have if you have a rack. If you don't have a rack and you have them on a windowsill or a bookcase or some other smaller rack, even a, f- a floor fan sitting, you know, a few feet away, blowing indirectly on the tr- on the rack or on the trays will help a lot. To go along with the fan, reducing humidity in the in the area they have microgreens is a good idea too. Whether you put in a, a dehumidifier or you know turn on the air conditioning once in a while to to lower the air temperature and help lower the relative humidity is a good idea. I generally have a um, dehumidifier running around my microgreens just because there's a lot of extra moisture and I don't really want it in the house anyways. So, you know, a dehumidifier is a handy little thing. You keep that humidity down and it allows the microgreens to actually dry out a little bit more um, and then help prevent mold from growing. All right, let's say that we have a tray of microgreens and we've done all the prevention, but we take it out of the blackout and we open it up take that cover off and there is a bunch of white stuff all over the tray. Oh my God, it's mold. What are we going to do? Well, I get this question all the time. I get pictures sent to me in email and I really don't blame anybody because it looks like mold. But in reality, most of the time they're just root hairs. Uh, The radicals are coming out of the seed trying to find the soil. These root hairs form on those radicals and they're still, they're trying to get moisture and nutrients even from that air. So they have these root hairs that are out they're sticking out from the radical. They're fuzzy. They white. They look just like mold. So there's a couple ways that you can tell if you have either radicals or molds. Radicals? No. If you have root hairs on the radicals or if you have mold. Uh, the first thing is to take a close look at the white fuzzy stuff. If it's just on the radicals, if it's just on the root, it's not on the soil and it's not on the seeds and it's generally root hairs. Another way you can tell is you take a mist bottle and you want a real fine mist and you mist that fuzzy white stuff, the radicals will collapse onto the radicals. I don't know why I keep saying that. The root hairs will collapse on the radicals and you won't see the fuzzy anymore. If it's mold, all you do is just push the fuzzy white stuff down to the surface and you'll still see the threads there sitting across the top of the seeds. So if you see white fuzzy stuff, it's on the seeds or on the soil itself, or it's covering more than one or two seeds, then generally it is a thready white mold. 
But again, most often we get freaked out when we pull those off and we see all that white and they're just root hairs. And I just got lots of pictures. If you go to the associated article, um, it's in the show notes. So the show notes to this podcast are homemakergreens.com forward slash zero one four for episode 14. And I'll have links right to that article right on home microgreens. I got tons of pictures of uh, root hairs on radicals and tons of pictures of mold on microgreen seeds so that you can have some idea of what you're looking at. So again, a lot of times we freak out when we open those trays up and we see it almost completely covered with the white. But the majority of the time, I would say 85% of the time, at least from the pictures that I've you know, I get in my emails, they're root hairs. There's not mold. So, you know, there's no need to treat the root hairs. Those root hairs will go into the ground with a radical as the seed starts to set itself. So you don't have to worry about it. There's no treatment necessary. But if you do have mold and it's not all over the tray and it's white and fuzzy, not the brown or the green mold. If you have brown or black or green mold, the tray's done. Just dump it right off the bat. Get rid of it. You don't want that to uh, mature and send spores out. You want to get rid of it. But if it's the white fuzzy mold, then there's a chance that we can get rid of it. And we're going to use, again, three things, at least three things I'd recommend to use to get rid of um, mold on microgreens. And the first, I'm going to mention it, I don't ever use it, is vinegar. It doesn't matter if it's the white distilled vinegar or apple cider vinegar. Vinegar is pretty acidic. You mix it about two tablespoons per 16 ounces and you mist it on and it will kill, or the chances are it will kill the mold. However, it does smell and it can draw fruit flies. So I don't ever use vinegar. The other thing you can use is the food grade hydrogen peroxide that we could use to sterilize the trays if you want. Although I do use bleach to do the trays, but a lot of people will use hydrogen peroxide. I know a lot of people that use hydrogen peroxide right in the kitchen. They don't use any of the bleach products. Uh, at all. They don't want any chemicals, so they use hydrogen peroxide. That's just a side note. But you can use the hydrogen peroxide at about one tablespoon per 16 gallons. That's 3% hydrogen peroxide, one to two tablespoons per 16 ounces of water, and you mist it across the the mold on the tray. You don't really want to drench that tray. Again, we're just misting it. And you'll actually see the mold start to white bubble like it like if you have a wound on your hand and you pour hydrogen peroxide on it and the blood bubbles white the same thing will happen to the mold so spray it on put that tray under a f- area where it has more ventilation whether it's you know a small fan or you know put that tray somewhere where it's going to get more airflow and chances are that hydrogen peroxide will kill that mold another thing you can do is you can take that tray after you spray it with hydrogen peroxide and put it in the sunshine whether it's a window or if it's warm out, put it outside. Sunshine, you know, the energy, the radiation from the sun will kill a lot of mold. It's, you know, it's really mold's kryptonite, is sunlight. If you can't do that, you can also elevate the tray closer to the lights. The higher energy from the lights, you know, will help take care of that mold issue. So hydrogen peroxide is a really good to use. But the latest one I've been using is called grapefruit seed extract. Never heard of it. I saw it on the internet and I'm like, eh, I saw it at a health food store the other day. I picked it up and let's give this a try. So like I said, I had this tray of borage that um, I overwatered when I seeded it and there was definitely mold. The pictures are again in the associated article at Homemaker Greens. Go to the um, show notes of this podcast at homemakergreens.com forward slash 014 and you'll see all the pictures. So I had this mold and there's really a good picture in there 
of the borage radical with root hairs on it, but then there's also mold over the top of the seed. So you get both in one picture. But anyways, I use this uh, grapefruit seed extract. I believe it was one tablespoon per 16 ounces of water. I misted it on there. Um, it matted it down, matted the mold down. I come back the next day and it was basically gone. It worked really well. So I'm going to do a whole article on that, show you the pictures, because um, I think it's a it's really good to use. It's quite a bit cheaper than hydrogen peroxide. And another thing is it's more stable than hydrogen peroxide. Uh, Food-grade hydrogen peroxide, you really need to use it up fairly quickly within a month or it'll just lose its potency. That's why the drugstore hydrogen peroxide has a stabilizer in it to increase the shelf life. So food-grade hydrogen peroxide, keep it in a cool, cool, dark place, but you really want to use it up within a month or two, um, or you're just going to have to use more of it. It just loses the potency. However, the grapefruit seed extract won't do that, so you can keep it in the cupboard for a longer period of time, and you always have it handy and always have it around if you do have a mold issue. So I think it's going to be a great addition, a great tool to use against mold. So those are the three things to use against mold if you have them. Again, that is white vinegar or cider vinegar, hydrogen peroxide solution, or this grapefruit seed extract um, solution. Then you're going to have to make a decision after you've sprayed it for a day. You may want to spray it one more day if you still see some mold growing on day two. You may want to spray it again and take a look at it. But then, please, just use your own judgment on what you do with that tray. Let them Either you let them grow out and use them and make sure you wash them before you eat them really well or to dump the tray. You're all adults here. At least I'm assuming you're all adults here. So, you know, use your own best judgment on what to do with that tray. I'm not going to recommend you eat any moldy microgreens. It's just not really worth it. But I think if you get to these treatments early enough, you can actually help or help. You can kill the mold on the microgreens and save a tray. So I rambled on here for quite a while. It looks like about 25 minutes or so. And that's the longest podcast I've actually done. But it's a, it's a good topic. Um, it's a very important topic because it comes up quite often. And there's a lot of solutions or actually there's a lot of preventions that you should try to use first. And then if you do have any mold issues, you know, the tray isn't necessarily trash right off the bat unless it's, you know, a black mold or a green mold or a brown mold. But if it's a white fuzzy mold, there is a chance if you get to it soon enough that you can save it. But remember, always check first to make sure that they aren't root hairs and not mold. Um, for the most of the time, from what I've seen from pictures that people have sent me and my own experience, as I look at, you know, 30 trays a day, that it's root hairs. You get a lot of white fuzzy root hairs and it does look like mold. So take a close look at your microgreens before you treat them. There's no sense of treating them um, if you don't have to. And as far as the stuff that you've put onto them, it's fine. There, there's no there's no residue at all. The vinegar will dissolve into acetic acid and water. The hydrogen peroxide will turn into um, water and oxygen. And I don't know what the grapefruit seed extract does. I'm assuming it's it's a citric acid, so it'll turn into some sort of carbonic acid um, or carbon dioxide and water um, and not leave any traces behind. So those are three good alternatives if you do have mold. So if you have any questions, just email me at Todd at HomeMicrogreens.com or you can leave a comment on the uh, podcast. I'd really love you to subscribe. Leave a comment either you know at the bottom of the podcast, at the bottom of the um, show notes, or even in the uh, associated article itself. Or again, you can email me at Todd at HomeMicrogreens.com and I'll get to you as soon as I can. 
You guys have a great holiday season, and we'll talk to you probably again before Christmas. Thank you for listening to the Micah Greens podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. It really helps out the podcast. As always, stop by homemicagreens.com and say hello. Now before the next show, plant your next tray of micros. Let's keep growing.